0: And it says, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took none unto him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Can we please bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear God, I thank you for the say that you've made. I thank you for the fellowship that we've had so far. Lord, I pray that as I deliver your word that you will speak through me, dear God, that it will be all of you and none of me. The Lord, I pray that you would open the hearts and the minds and the ears of the congregation, that they will listen and they will hear. I pray that the seeds will not rest on bad soul, but the seeds will rest on good soul, and they will grow and nurture to be something. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So the title of my sermon today is is Freedom in Christ. Uh, Just going back to the scripture, what the scriptures really getting at is saying that Jesus himself came down to earth, was crucified and um, died to to give us all the chance to be free He gave us all the chance of freedom because we were living in sin and we were living in bondage, and he was essentially the perfect sacrifice that paid the price for our freedom and so the first point i want to make is that our freedom is there for the taking we just need to receive it We need to claim it so the first question i want to ask is where do we how do we receive our freedom and the, the bible says that jesus is the way the truth and the light and it also says that in the beginning was the word And the word was with god and the word was god and then later on it goes on to say that we will know the truth and the truth will set us free so all in all the single message that's given in all of these scripture is that jesus christ himself is the truth and jesus christ himself is where we receive our freedom and the bible also says the law came through moses but Truth, but truth and grace came through Jesus Christ. So, what does it mean to know the truth? I know this. The verse is often used uh, as a way to to kind of encourage people to tell the truth. But knowing the truth is more than just telling the truth. It's more than just understanding the truth. Knowing the truth means that you know. And you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Knowing the truth means that you know His Word. Because as the Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That means that the Word that we read, the Bible here, is God. And so this is where we receive our freedom. So, So, in a practical sense, a lot of Christians walk around today, unfortunately, very defeated, and sadly, it could be with something as simple as life itself—nothing to do with the spiritual realm. Probably just some financial difficulties or some relationship breaks breakdown. But we walk, we walk around defeated, and that. That shows our brand as Christians if you're walking around with a head to the floor with no confidence in the God that we serve. And Christians Christians are not meant to be in bondage. If you are a Christian and you're a follower of Christ and you know the truth, the Bible says, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light. No one comes to the Father except through him. You can't be a Christian unless you understand and you know the truth and the truth is embedded in you. That means that When you walk around, when you go through the trials of life, you need to understand that God cares for the sparrows, so he cares for you. You need to know that the righteous will never be forsaken, nor will they ever grow hungry. You need to know that you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You need to know that you walk by faith and not by sight, that you are more than a conqueror. You need to know that you are persecuted, but not forsaken, crushed down, but not destroyed. You need to know that he that is Within you is greater than he that is within the world. You need to know that the Lord is your strength of every present time, a, pre, a very present help in time of trouble and you need to know that he is the great physician and by his stripes you are healed. Every single thing that we will face in life is covered by a promise that's in the word of God and that truth is what, sh- is what really delivers that freedom that we are ought to have as Christians. And when we receive that truth, and we are walking in our freedom, it means that we are walking with peace, and with confidence in the God that we serve. See, when, when we know the Word of God, we walk with power. We understand our identity. We understand that we are royalty, and we just we don't walk around defeated with our heads down. We walk with our chest up, and our head held up high, because we know we are a child. Of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We know that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. We are called out of the darkness into the marvelous light, which means that when someone looks at us, they can't see the same thing that they see when they look at a non believer. Why should you look at a Christian? and they look just as defeated as the people in the world that doesn't that's not a true representative of Jesus Christ or his kingdom and i want to sh- i want to shed some light on the word priesthood and where it comes from in the old testament it was only the priests that had the freedom to go into the presence of god and only they had the ability to offer sacrifices for the sins of the people now since jesus christ came and we received truth and grace through Jesus Christ, we became empowered. We were given that freedom to be, to act as the priesthood for the world, for the non-believers, which means that we could stand in the place in the presence of God and we could intercede on behalf of the non-believers. Some Christians may not understand the power that is right now, but one day you would understand the, the power that it takes for you to Effectively, when Jesus died on the cross, he stood in place for us and said, Father, I love this person. Have mercy. One day we would all understand what it takes to say, Father, I love this person. They may not love you. They may not be faithful to you. They may not know you, but I love this person. Please have mercy. And that, that freedom, that power, and that peace is invaluable. And a lot of Christians are missing it today because they're watching the people that they love suffer and they don't know how to act like a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. You don't know how to act like the daughter or the son of the king and go to him and ask him for what you want or what you need. If you were were the son or the daughter of the Queen of England, I highly doubt That you would be walking around upset because you're scared your bills won't be paid i highly doubt that you would be concerned to ask your mother for any little thing because she runs the country the god that you serve runs this world he holds the world in his hands he is outside of time it means that our time is not time our time is nothing it's insignificant god's timing is perfect And his will is perfect, his way is perfect beyond anything you could ever think or believe. How do we maintain our freedom? Now recently I discovered three really important aspects of life that God gave us control over. The first thing is our will. The second thing is our mind. And the third thing is our tongue. So I'll start with our will. In order to maintain your freedom, you need to be willing to receive it. You need to be willing to take it. You need to be willing to have it. And you need to be willing to keep it. Without your own personal will being aligned to the will of God, unfortunately, you, I mean, I don't know how you guys um, define success, but to me success is living out my divine purpose in on this, on this world and living in the right time. No, 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 short, no short deaths, no mistakes. Live out God's purpose for me and leave and receive my reward in heaven. The Bible says to keep your mind on heavenly things. So our will needs to be aligned with God's will. That means we need to be willing to pick up the responsibility to love as God has instructed us to love. To live as God has instructed us to live. And to enjoy life as God has instructed us to enjoy life. A lot of Christians feel that they can love. And they can live. But their, their definition of enjoyment is just a little bit different. It doesn't work like that. We need to live, love, laugh in a way that represents Jesus. And we need to be willing to do so. The second thing is our mind. The Bible says, do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what the will of God is. So the first thing you need to do is be willing to be aligned with God's will. And the second thing you need to do is you need to condition your mind to understand what the will of God is and to live in it and by it. Unfortunately, We live in a world where almost anything is um, corrupt. That's a good word. Almost everything is corrupt in one way, shape or form, one way or the other. And so a lot of Christians don't have the understanding that we are responsible for the condition of our mind. We are responsible to keep it clean to keep it pure, to think of things that are good and not of evil. We are responsible to feed it with the word of God so that it is, it is kept up with the truth. We don't understand that Satan has the ability to push and shoot thoughts into our mind. And if you don't have that understanding, what that means is that If a negative thought just pops into your mind, we have the tendency to just believe it and take it to be true. But the Bible says that you need to put under subjection any thought that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. That means any thought that comes into your mind that goes against the word of God, you need to put it under subjection to the obedience of Jesus Christ. So now we understand I would say personally, in this generation, about 90% of our thoughts are just from Satan and absolutely empty and mean nothing. We as Christians need to learn and understand, one to differentiate between the truth and a lie, and the truth being God's word. And we need to learn how to not entertain negative thoughts. Because once you entertain negative thoughts, we move on to the third thing, the tongue starts to want to... Misbehave, you know. And the Bible says the man that could bridle his tongue is greater than a man that could rule a whole nation. The tongue has the power of life and death. And God gave us the responsibility to control it. When you understand that properly, you would understand what kind of freedom that is. And let's not focus... On the deaf for now, the tongue has the power of life. That means you have the power to speak life. I don't think I don't think you're understanding that. When God created the heavens and the earth, He created the heavens and the earth through words. He spoke it into being, and later on, now we acknowledge that we have the privilege that our tongue has the power to produce. Life. we need to occupy that power we need to understand that power we need to use our freedom when a situation isn't going how you, don't, how you want <laughs> if a situation is going how you don't want it to go you tell that situation how you want it to go and where it is going to go believe it in Jesus name by the power invested in you and watch it play out freedom If you speak words of captivity, words of limitations, negativity into our lives, we will eat the fruits of our tongue. And whether the fruits are bitter and sour or sweet, we're going to eat the fruits of our tongue. We're going to eat it, which means it's going inside of us. We will digest it. And the nutrients or the poison, whichever one you want to eat, that's going to be in us. And it's going to affect us. It's going to affect the way... A life plan out. Effectively, idle words, negativity, all disregard the power of the God you serve. I don't understand how a Christian can utter the word, I can't, when the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I don't understand. How a Christian can say, I am scared, I am anxious, where the Bible says, do not be anxious for anything, but by everything, through prayer and petition, let your requests be made unto God. Because we know God, and we should know God at this point, because we understand that God in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And then we know that Jesus is the way, of the truth, and the light. No one comes to the power except by him. So we know God. We know that the truth is in self, is in itself bigger than just what is true, but the truth is Jesus Christ himself. So we know that. So if we know that, then we know that God is more than able and that there is nothing impossible with God. So why do we walk around defeated? Like if we are I don't know, peasants or someone. We we are royalty. If my father is a king, and I'm walking in my father's domain, what do I have to fear? What do I have to worry about? Yeah. (laughs) So... Mark can get the the video ready. So, to conclude, sin gets in the way of us receiving and maintaining our freedom. Because to be honest, to say that you know God, and to doubt, and to disregard, and to disrespect his word, his truth, his promises that he has given. You know in a relationship, right? If your partner makes a promise... It's absolutely disrespectful for you to disregard that promise like if that p- your partner is not trustworthy. That's a relationship with no trust. Do be trust God? Yes. Well, to trust God, you need to know him. I, I, d- I don't know about me, but I only, <laughs> I only trust things that I know. You know, preparing for a marriage and going through the, the house process, I uh, had a really serious conversation with God because I was in a dilemma between, because the further away you move from London, the cheaper the house is. Now I, I um, def- I um, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to <laughs> I was adamant that I need to live in a house as in I need to have a front door, I don't need no I don't need to live in no hotel set up where the, m- yeah, you know them going up a tall building and y- like, yeah. I went in the house with a driveway, which means, with what my bank account is saying, it means I kind of need to move further. But if I need to move further, I need to think about the ministry I have here. So I was speaking to God. And you know, the further you go, the cheaper it is. But I work in, I work in London. And the work is what's giving me the money to afford the house, so I can't get rid of the house and leave the work behind. So I was in a bit of a dilemma. So it's either kind of ditch London and enjoy the house that I've been dreaming of for years, but you know, I received some really strong feedback from God, and I, I took it really seriously because I was, I was just like, it's not like it's not possible for God to provide me a house, right? But he w- He wants me to stay in London to complete my ministry. He wants He wants me to be here for whatever reason. He wants me to be here. Yeah. But I said, I said, but if I'm here, what does that mean for the dream house that I've been thinking of <laughs> for years? Because if you look at the prices for houses in London, it's a very sad sight for a man like me. <laughs> so... I said, I said to God, first of all, a, f- a flat, an apartment, definitely has to be on the cards. That's one blow to my pride. Because I wanted a house. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a flat. But I wanted a house, right? <laughs> an apartment is a blow to my pride. Because houses gone. The second thing is the amount of bedrooms. Now, I'm married now, so need you need to be prepared for anything and so w- <laughs> at least at least I would like two rooms, right? <laughs> so so I'm I'm on right move and I'm on Zoopla and I'm looking at the price and I'm like, Wow God, a one bedroom flat. Just to stay in London. I, I was I was like, wow. I've been telling all my friends and families, my plans, this, about this house that I'm going to get. And now God is just like, nah, man. You're going to get a flat, maybe one. But, I mean, he didn't say that. But that was me doubting God, right? But then one day, my, um, my colleague, he's a landlord. He has a number of properties across London. And he told me to look. And he was talking, he was talking for really long, but... In my head, I re- I remembered the story of when Jesus told, I think it was Matthew, to cast his net on the other side. Right, so I was, I was thinking, okay, let me check. Let me check something here. And My working environment is very relaxed, so you could just take out your phone and check. I mean, we, we could talk quite freely. Once you get the work done, you get the work done. There's not really any complaints apart from that. Um, so then I saw this. Very affordable. Two bedroom. It's still a flat, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, when when God's way is perfect, you know, and you gotta believe that. So I saw this, and so I had to I had to sit down, swallow my pride, and explain to my dear Shantavia that the the likelihood of getting a house right now is zero, because I apparently I need to stay in London to um, be able to come to church every Sunday to to keep my availability as it is right. So and now going through the situation, I could just see God making a way and he's opening every door as it comes. As I explained to the youth I I feel like I'm walking in darkness and it's uncomfortable, but we walk by faith and not by sight. So every time I knock my head on the door. It just opens. That's freedom. That's walking in the power, knowing who you are and knowing that your God has your back. Now, I'm not going to stand here and pretend that because Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago and purchased your freedom, that freedom is easy to maintain and freedom is easy to, to have because it's not easy we have We have the thoughts that come into our mind. We have a really difficult, very small but powerful muscle in our mouth that likes to react. It's very reactive, and reactive means lack of control if you If you're reacting, there's very little control there, so very dangerous. But for some of us, what's stopping us from getting our freedom may be some emotional trauma something that's in the past, some unforgiveness, something that's really like buried. And today I want to encourage us to to confront anything that's standing in the way between you and the freedom that God has for you. Because what you need to understand is Satan cannot remove the freedom God has for you. He could only try to blind you or distract you do whatever it takes to make you somehow think that that freedom is not a hand reach away. But today I'm, I want to urge you, I want to, I'm begging you actually. Think deep. Get a shovel and dig up all those things that you've buried because you've forgotten about it. Satan has it. He's very comfortable with it being there because it's stopping you from walking in your freedom And it's stopping you from walking in the power that God has ordained for you to walk in. And it's stopping you from living out the life that God has for you to live. So I'm not going to do much more talking. I'm just going to ask Mark to play the video. It's a bit harsh maybe for British folks. um, But I hope hope the message is, is clear. Can we style it again please?
1: but you need it next year sometime.
0: Just before I come off, I want to ask the musicians to get ready to play uh, I'm Free. And I want to ask the congregation to sing it and believe it. But in your heart, I want you to try and f- find everything in you to fight for your freedom your freedom in Christ, anything that is holding you back, I want to ask you to just be encouraged to come and lay it all down to God. I don't want anyone to walk out of this building without being a victor, without being free, without being confident in the God that they serve. I'm going to hand over to Abigail.